Shirts fans to episode number 103 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. It's something we actually have not done since episode number 65, and in that episode, what I did was I took a look back at some old New York Ranger message boards, and if you don't know what a message board is, it's basically social media before social media. And it was a way for people to come together on the internet and discuss a variety of topics, including sports, pop culture, whatever it might have been. And 2001 is how far these message boards go back, at least this one website that I found with the Rangers. It goes all the way back to 2001. There are still posts up of people talking about the Rangers from 2001. And so that's where I started in the last episode because, you know, first of all, I just wanted to go way back in time and just see, again, social media before social media see what the Ranger fans were talking about at that time. And obviously, that was not a good era for New York Rangers hockey. The uh, early 2000s there, really, there was just no direction as a team. They underachieved every season. Nobody really knew what the plan was for the front office. It just really was not a lot of fun. And it was funny to kind of go back and see people talking about what they were observing when they watched the Rangers every night in 2001. So definitely a bit of a nostalgic trip there. But today, you know, we need a little bit more positivity with what's going on in the world right now. And so I thought today we would jump back to 2014 and and look at what the Ranger fans were saying as the Rangers were making a run through the Stanley Cup playoffs and going to the Stanley Cup finals against the Kings. Obviously, they lost, but it was a heck of a run in the playoffs that year. Just an incredible season for the New York Rangers. And obviously, by the time that 2014 rolled around, social media existed. You know, we have Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. But it is cool to see that these message boards still actually exist and that people still go on there and they make posts. And it's it's crazy, this this website that I'm on. It's called HockeyRodent.com. And it's basically a New York Rangers-centric uh, series of message boards here where people have been posting since 2001 and they actually continue to post to current day. And the craziest thing about this website is it looks like it just jumped out of 1994 or something. Like the way the website is designed, if you go on there, again, HockeyRodent.com, you'll know what I'm talking about as soon as you log in. Nobody has updated the design of the website in all these years, but I think that's kind of what gives it a little bit of its charm. So without further ado, let's take a look at some of these posts here. In fact, why don't we go ahead and go round by round here, and we'll start with the first round playoff series against the Philadelphia Flyers, and what they do for every game and every series is they start a thread where people can kind of just leave comments as the game progresses, and so that's kind of cool. It's kind of fun to watch it unfold in real time and see how people are reacting to, you know, every goal being scored and every big hit and whatever it might be. But uh, let's start with this one. Game 7, Flyers at MSG. And somebody's got a good sense of humor here because they put up a poster of Rick Nash. And it's a, it's a missing person poster. It says, missing. Can you help? Rick Nash, age 29. Missing since, it seems like forever. Last seen location, Madison Square Garden, New York, New York. Rick is a power forward acquired by the New York Rangers for his offensive skills, scoring ability, and leadership. 
Rangers fans are very worried that they have not seen Rick for any of the Stanley Cup playoff games against the Flyers. If you've seen Rick, please contact the New York Rangers, missinghockeystar.com. Any information is appreciated. The Rangers really need to find him before Wednesday night. And yeah, I hear you, man. You know, Rick Nash, I I liked him overall, but I think it's fair to say, I think pretty much any reasonable Ranger fan would agree that he never quite lived up to the contract. I mean, the Rangers paid him like a superstar, like he was expected to be a top 10 player in the NHL, maybe even like approaching top five. He never really did that. But, you know, I I still liked him. I still rooted for him. And I just want to reference these games just just to see what they're talking about, just to see how Rick Nash did in this postseason here, because I don't remember him doing a whole lot. But let's look up the numbers real quick here. Yeah, in 25 playoff games for the Rangers, he just scored three goals and seven assists this year, so not a whole lot, certainly not what you would expect out of a Rick Nash, and in this playoff series against the Flyers specifically, he did not score a goal. He did have four assists, but those four assists came in the first three games, so he went pointless in games four, five, six, and seven of this series. That was a post by Sec67 G. I assume maybe that's somebody who uh, who goes to the games. Maybe they have season tickets there. And then in response, CRock11 writes, nothing like filling the Game 7 thread with positivity. Yeah, no joke. You know, obviously the Rangers, their backs are against the wall here. It's Game 7. It's do or die time. And if they lose this game, we never get to enjoy the run to the Stanley Cup that the Rangers went on. Probably could have been a little bit more positive here in the pregame. And then in response, regarding Rick Nash, Shoebag22 writes, through 18 playoff games with the Rangers, he has eight assists and one goal. Hope he steps up and takes game seven by the b- Well, that's one way to put it. And unfortunately, Rick Nash did not do that. But fortunately, his teammates picked him up. The Rangers did get the win and they did advance to round two. So let's go ahead and move on a little bit later in the game. The Rangers up 2-1 to one at this point in the third period, trying to hang on to the one-goal lead. And MS Matty 35 writes, OMG, how many times did the Rangers fail to clear there? Thank goodness Henrik stopped it. I need a paper bag to regulate my breathing. Yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Always really intense when you get late into these playoff series and you get a one-goal game. It really does get crazy. And we're about midway through the third period at this point, And Thunder CH writes... This is about to be the longest 10 minutes of your life. You know if we were trailing, the clock would be going at warp speed. It is almost unwatchable. Yeah, really. I mean, that's it's such an interesting difference. When your team is trailing in a playoff game, it feels like the clock, like he said, going at warp speed, you know, the minutes ticking by like seconds. And then when you've got a one-goal lead and you're trying to hang on, man, it just feels like it is in a crawl, and it just feels like the game will never end. And keep in mind, this is just the first round of the playoffs here. I mean, in yesterday's episode, we talked about, you know, the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup in Game 7 and having to protect a one-goal lead down the stretch, and my God, that that clock, it just would not move. I remember even as a kid watching that, that third period just took forever to finish. Then there's this series of posts that clearly happens in the last minute of the game. Rodent writes, dreaded last minute of the period. Big Palooka writes, I'm a boot to pass gas. MS Matty 35 writes, my heart is about to burst from my chest. And then there must have been a controversial icing call against the Rangers at the end of this game because Nine Rings writes, Zook gets there first and it's an icing. And then Eric writes, are you f***ing me? Zook beat him, f*** these refs. 
And yeah, I'd like to say that maybe I didn't have a similar reaction watching this game, but I probably did. Probably a lot of people did. We all probably need like a swear jar or something when we're watching these Ranger playoff games because it doesn't take much to set you off. Hey, we're hockey fans, man. We all know how quickly these series and these games can turn. There's a lot riding on every single shift. There's a lot riding on every single call. And hey, we, we want perfection out of these referees. Anything less will not be tolerated. And this is great. This is my favorite post that I've read on here so far. Graves fan writes... I was going to play a drinking game where I take a drink of beer every time someone on the board about the refs. Then I realized that Eric alone would put me into a coma. Good stuff. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. So let's go ahead and jump into round two then. Obviously, a very memorable playoff series against the Pittsburgh Penguins in round two. The Rangers win game one. They lose the next three games. And then, obviously, Marty St. Louis' mom tragically passes away. But the team kind of rallies around St. Louis, and they crawl out of a 3-1 series deficit. They win game five in Pittsburgh. They win game six in New York. And they win game seven in Pittsburgh. So let's dive into uh, that playoff series a little bit here and check out some of the comments that Ranger fans were leaving at that time. Game one of this series went into overtime, and the Rangers claimed the win. It was kind of a wild sequence. Derek Broussard put a shot into the net, but it kind of looked like it hit the crossbar. It took kind of a funky bounce. He got a little bit of the iron. It came back out, and then Benoit Pouliot put the puck in on the rebound, and so the Rangers won. Now, the refs had to review the play. Either way, the Rangers were going to win, but they had to review the play to find out you know, when the game officially ended and who got the goal, and the replay determined that Broussard had scored. So the the game was over before Benoit Pouliot put the puck in for a second time. But I love this comment from Blue Seat here. He writes, Can the Broussard goal be the winner and the Pouliot goal give the Rangers a one nothing lead to start game two? Hey, I think that should count, man. You know, the Rangers scored twice there. That, that extra goal has to count for something, does it not? But as we said, after the Rangers won game one, they lost three consecutive games to fall into a 3-1 to series hole, so we're going to point the spotlight here at the Game 4 thread of this series, and I can remember this just being a god-awful performance by the Rangers. They just could not find their game, and it, it's one of those situations where you're so excited going into that game because you have a chance to win, you have a chance to get the series tied at two, you think the team is going to be up for the game, you think they're going to be just come out flying, and for whatever reason, it just did not happen. The Rangers could not find their game in this one, and they lose 4-2 to once again to fall into a 3-1 to series hole. They lose this game at Madison Square Garden. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the negative comments here, and then we're going to take a look at Game 7 and see everybody all happy about completing this comeback. But for Game 4 here, I'm looking at the Game 4 thread, and again, this is a game that the Rangers lost 4-2, to puts them into a 3-1 to series hole. Surrenda96 writes, I'm surprised the Garden is so quiet. This team is cooked. 
And then Far From NY writes in a post, they quote Dave Maloney, who said, when was the last time that Sidney Crosby wasn't booed? That's how quiet the garden is. And yeah, I mean, things are really looking bleak here. You know, like we said, this was the Rangers' third consecutive loss to the Penguins after a really promising start to the series. They went up one game to nothing, and then it just kind of got away from them. And again, they fall into a 3-1 to series hole. And just, it was so disheartening as a Ranger fan in what was basically looked at as a must-win game because that's a world of difference, man. Tied 2-2 in a series versus down 3-1 to in a series. And they're at home, and it's a game that they absolutely must have. And the Penguins basically just go out there and, and just skate circles around them. And the Rangers did it to themselves. That's the other thing I remember about this game is, you know, the Penguins scored four goals, and I swear, at least three of them came directly because of either a Ranger turnover or a miscue of some sort or just not getting to the puck fast enough, just being a step slow. And again, I don't know what caused it. I know the Rangers had to play a lot of games in not a lot of days because, you know, the series against the Flyers went seven games and then this one started pretty quickly thereafter. But man, you know, they they just did not have it in this one. The Penguins scored kind of a fluky goal in this game and MS Matty 35 writes, I think this team is cursed. Shot goes in off stall, wasn't even going on net really until it hit him. And then Surrender 96 writes, Stahl takes a slapper, which bounces off a penguin who is less than five feet away from him. Then he loses the battle along the boards to retrieve the puck. And eventually the puck goes off his leg and into the net for a penguin's goal all on one shift. Had to be his worst shift as a professional. And then Jossum 4 writes, worse than the time that Kessler speared him in the n***s. Yeah, pick your poison there. They both sound like rough shifts to me. So game four ends and go Rangers here on the message board really lets the Rangers have it. I have no idea how, when they are in a must-win situation, that they could come out as flat as they did. And St. Louis is simply effing brutal. How did he forget to play hockey so quickly? Seems to happen a lot when good players come to the Rangers. I saw lack of effort and lack of intensity in a game where both should have been off the charts. So frustrating to watch this team. I hope they lose game five so there is no false hope given. Yeah, a lot of people were really lashing out at Marty St. Louis at this time and Rick Nash as well because, you know, they're the two superstars. They're the two big names. They're the two guys that are supposed to kind of carry this team and lead the way, and neither guy was doing that up to this point. And then after, you know, Marty St. Louis, obviously his mom dies. It's a very tragic event, and this team just pulled a complete 180 in Game 5. It was absolutely wild. So enough of Game 4 here. Uh, let's jump into the good stuff. Games 5, 6, and 7 of this series. We'll read a couple posts from the message boards on those games. Okay, just one more post from Game 4 here because this actually did make me laugh out loud. C-Rock11 writes, Another note, I think I would sit stall after this game. Insert more. He was directly responsible for two goals tonight and literally looks like a newborn giraffe with the puck on his stick. Okay, that's it for Game 4. Let's move on to the good stuff here when the Rangers mounted their comeback against the Penguins. And the Rangers pretty much just dominate Game 5 in Pittsburgh. They go on to a 5-1 to win. And, you know, as we said, this was the first game for Marty St. Louis playing after his mom passed. He chose to play in the game. He was the third star of the game. And then we get a post here from Big Palooka who writes, I will tell you this, Marty St. Louis is a man. What a stand-up guy. His mom would be most proud of her son. And then this was a great post here from Chimp. Chimp writes, Hope to see more Sidney Crosby hat tricks. Three shots on net. Three dives. Three wines. That sounds about right. 
And this was a nice post as well from Tony V. He writes, two things I realized tonight, how much I respect this team and their closeness in their support of MSL, Marty St. Louis, and how much I like AV. I enjoyed the cameras focusing on him cheering on the Rangers tonight. He's such a breath of fresh air. He even smiled during the game. You could tell he was really proud of the team. I am glad to have watched at least one nearly complete victory to remind me that this is a good team despite the past week. Let's go ahead and jump to Game 7 of this series and find out what Ranger fans had to say before, during, and after this this thrilling 2-1 to win in Pittsburgh to complete the 3-1 to series comeback here. The first post on this thread comes from LCS213, who writes, Let's go drop the effing puck already. And yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that feeling. A lot of times, it's the weight that gets you. You know you know the Rangers have this big game. They win game six, and now there's an off day between game six and game seven, and you got to wait all this time, and you try to distract yourself with other things, but you're getting excited, and you're stressing about how this game is going to unfold. It's really a stressful time waiting for the next game. And, you know, when you're getting closer, you know, just a couple hours before the game, just a couple minutes before the game, it's like, man, let's just do this. Let's just find out what's going to happen. Either the Rangers... Either it's meant to be, and the Rangers are going to complete this comeback, or it's just not, and it's going to be a complete gut punch, and the season's going to be over. But either way, I got to find out. I think we can all relate to that feeling where you're just dying for the next playoff game to start. And then Thunder CH writes, this is a test of will, a test of courage, and a test of our nerves. I don't feel bad. I'm just a wreck, and we did not yet drop the puck. LGR. And then again, this is right before the puck drops, and Nine Rings here writes, he keeps it short and sweet, and he writes... Currently shitting pants. Well, that's lovely. And also fairly accurate for a lot of Ranger fans, I'm sure. And then the puck drops and far from NY writes, I want to see the Rangers swarming the pen's net like bees around a flower. And then Brian Boyle scored for the Rangers in this game. And incident here writes, air just went out of the building. If Brian Boyle scores on you, it's a soft goal. That's a little harsh. I mean, listen, Brian Boyle was not a goal scorer by any means. It's not like he was, you know, the most talented player on the ice, but he was a hard-nosed, grinded-out type player for the Rangers, and I always thought that his game kind of translated well to the playoffs because everything's tightly contested. Everybody's, you know, hitting and checking and all that, and Brian Boyle, just a big-body dude who could get to the net a little bit, and yeah, he came up clutch here. The Rangers scored a really nice kind of tic-tac-toe goal, and he went five-hole on Marc-Andre Fleury to give the Rangers a one-to-nothing lead in this Game 7, and absolutely, he took the air out of the building there. The Penguins tie the game at one in the second period, but the Rangers get it back shortly thereafter on a goal by Brad Richards. And Brad Richards is another guy who had really been struggling for the Rangers, a guy who's supposed to be a leader, a guy who's supposed to be, you know, one of the stars of the team. And he had really struggled to this point in the playoffs. And after he scored here to give the Rangers a two to one lead, incident posts, Brad Richards, it's a power play goal, duck, flying pig. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. You know, Richards, like we said, he had really been struggling up to this point, but he came through clutch here for the Rangers. The Rangers were kind of swarming on the power play, and Richards scored from the slot to give them a 2-1 to one lead. And little did we know, that was it. You know, there's only, there's about eight minutes left in the second period here, and no more goals would be scored the rest of the way. Uh, the third period at times in this game felt like a 20-minute power play for the Penguins, but Henrik Lundqvist was just unfreaking believable in this game, and the Rangers just somehow... Held on, held the Penguins out, and, uh, you know, got the win. We'll see what the Ranger fans have to say about that. Let's dive back into the message board here. Whoa, oh, oh, writes, you know it's bad when you have to remind yourself to breathe. And Thunder CH writes, game more than half over, but will your heart hold out for 27 more minutes? Not sure. Is this fun or torture? 
Wealth under CH, why can't it be both? I think a lot of Ranger fans can relate to this. A lot of hockey fans can relate to this feeling where you're having a blast watching these games, but it really is hard. It's hard to sit through these games and just try to keep your sanity and just keep from losing your mind. You know, regular season, there's 82 games. You know, emotions may run high at times, but for the most part, you know, I think a lot of us can be pretty cool customers over the course of 82 games. Man, you get to the playoffs, it's just a whole other ballgame. Again, there's just so much riding on every single shift. So we're in the third period, and LCS 213 writes, that's twice now that they got away with a penguin unmarked in front of Hank. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, again, you know, there were a lot of issues in the third period here. The Rangers just got too caught up with trying to play a defensive game and trying to play defense in front of Henrik Lundqvist. I think they forgot to kind of keep their foot on the gas and look for more scoring opportunities. It's hard. You know, it's kind of a catch-22 because it's got to be defense first when you've got a one-goal lead. But, man, trying to protect a one-goal lead for, you know, 25, 26, 27 minutes against the Penguins, you're really flirting with disaster. But somehow, again, you know, the Rangers hung in there, and Henrik Lundqvist, again, he just was an absolute brick wall in this third period, would not allow the puck to get by him. Thunder Chief 1994 writes, I suddenly have a feeling of calm. Is it a sign of confidence or is my nervous system starting to shut down? And then Chimp responds by saying, before you die of cold, you feel overheated. Might be it. And then Thunder CH responds by saying, last five minutes on the way, I may have to hide in the laundry room like I did in 94. And Miss Maddie responds by saying, I'm about to die. I am sure of it. Please no one die. I know it's NHL playoffs, but, you know, it's not worth your life. The game finally ends. The Rangers win 2-1, to one, and Jersey Joe D writes, Yeah, baby, the king rules all. Zodfather writes, Huge win. Hank is the number one star by a mile tonight. Far From NY writes, We can breathe again. Tired Groove writes, Someone slew foot Crosby. Atlanta RA writes, Have a nice summer, Crosby. And just one more comment from this game. Tony V writes, was it my imagination or did the Pens fans leave the building silently without even applauding the team and the team acknowledging the fans? It also looked like the Pens left the ice pretty quickly. And then Jersey Joe D responds by saying the fair weather blew them straight out of the building. And yes, that's that's a very appropriate comment, I would say, for just about any Pittsburgh fan base. And for the Eastern Conference Finals, let's just go ahead and go right to the last game here, the game that the Rangers clinch and advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Rangers, of course, beat the Montreal Canadiens in six games, winning game six at home at Madison Square Garden, and they win this game 1-0. Dominic Moore scored the only goal of the game, but early in this game, Tyre Groove writes, Dominic Moore is scaring me tonight. His mistakes are glaring. So I'm not too sure what Dominic Moore did to, uh, you know, give Tyre Groove a scare. I don't really remember anything that specific, but obviously Dominic Moore came up clutch for the Rangers later in this game. Dominic Moore was drafted by the Rangers all the way back in 2000, and he kind of bounced around the league a little bit. He was definitely a journeyman. In fact, I'll just run through the teams here. Penguins, Wild, Maple Leafs, Sabres, Panthers, Canadians, Lightning, Sharks, and then back to the Rangers. And he actually took 18 months away from hockey because his wife got sick with cancer, and she actually passed away January 7th, 2013, so obviously a very tragic thing there uh, due to liver cancer. And then Dominic Moore created a foundation in her name, the Katie Moore Foundation, to help those with rare forms of cancer. But then Moore came back to the Rangers, and this was his first season back, and then obviously just a great moment for him, again, scoring the only goal in Game 6, the Eastern Conference clincher, the game that vaulted the Rangers into the Stanley Cup Finals. So just awesome, you know, fairy tale type stuff there for Dominic Moore. And I like this post right here. Eric writes, Hags gets hooked and held or else it would have been a breakaway. Bouillon couldn't catch Hags if Hags had two broken legs otherwise. 
It's getting to be a little bit later in the third period, and Inter Tile writes, I get up from the couch, I sit down on the couch. I get up, I sit down, I get up and walk around the room nervously and sit back down again. For the last 15-plus minutes, this is how I've kept myself from throwing up. And once again, you know, I know that a lot of Ranger fans can relate to this. It's, you know, a lot of people, you have kind of like a lucky spot that you sit out at the couch, or you've got a certain chair that you sit in that brings good luck and, you know, good positive vibes to the Rangers. And then there's people that, you know, you just got to get up and walk around the room every now and again. You know, it's hard to sit still watching these games, especially when you're just a couple minutes away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals. The game finally ends, and Eric posts, I need 2 I'm heading to my ambulance building. What is an is that a hospital, an ambulance building? I, I don't really know what that means, but uh, yeah, Eric Eric has to go to his ambulance building after the Rangers clinch the win here. And Big Palooka writes, "Don't anyone buy a shirt or hat yet? Stanley Cup or nothing." And he's absolutely right. You never buy an Eastern Conference Championship T-shirt. You never buy like a National League Championship T-shirt. You have to wait until the season plays out. You are just begging to jinx your team if you do that. I have a friend, he's a big-time New York Mets fan, and when they won the National League pennant a couple of years ago, he immediately went online and started buying all this National League championship gear, and he drinks the hell out of them because they ended up losing, of course, in the World Series in five games to the Royals. And I said to him, like, what was the point of doing that? Because even, like, say the Mets went on to win the World Series that year. Are you really going to wear your National League championship gear? No, you're going to wear your World Series championship gear. So, yeah, you're flirting with disaster if anytime you buy an Eastern Conference championship or, you know, the round before the championship of your sport. Now, after the Rangers ended up losing to the Kings, I will admit I did at that time buy an Eastern Conference championship hat. But, you know, at that point, you know, the season's over anyway, so there's nothing left to jinx. But yeah, I mean, never, ever do that. Always wait to see if your team's going to win the whole thing. And then if they do, buy that gear instead. And then just to put a bow on this series, we'll read one more post here from Zen Zephyros, who writes, three shout-outs. Renee Bork, thank you for the insert foot-in-mouth comment. What an idiot. I really don't know what he's talking about there, but whatever. Ryan Callahan, thank you for being greedy. No way we get this far without Martin St. Louis. New York Rangers, let's go get the effing cup. So we'll move on to the Stanley Cup Finals now, and for this, let's just do a couple of posts here real quick, because obviously the Rangers didn't get the result that we wanted, but we'll go to the Game 4 thread, and of course the Rangers fell behind three games to the Kings in this series, and they won Game 4. And if you remember in Game 4 here, again, with the Rangers facing elimination, they got a 2-1 to lead late in this game. The Kings come within inches of tying the game in the final seconds, but there's a random like clump of ice right near the goal line that kind of prevents the puck from rolling into the Ranger net. And then I believe it was Derek Stepan who kept it out, tucked the puck underneath Lundqvist. And, you know, again, the Rangers just barely hang on here to get the win. But far from New York writes, I think the Broadway hat has to go to that clump of ice that stopped the puck. And yeah, you know, sometimes you got to be a little bit of lucky. You have to get a little bit of puck luck. And for the Rangers to kind of turn this series around, something like that was going to need to happen, it almost felt like. And they got the break there, and we go back to L.A. for Game 5. Rick Nash had a shot to end the game in overtime, and Chimp posts, The witch that has cursed Nash, please uncurse it. We get your point. You're very powerful. Bonboy writes, So many overtimes teams sit back and try not to make mistakes. These guys are attacking. This is an unforgettable game. And yes, indeed, it was, Bonboy. You know, I remember watching this game, and even as it was going, I I had the thought to myself that this might be the greatest hockey game I have ever seen. I mean, the, the quality of play was just off the charts. The battles for these pucks were just, just ridiculous, and, and both teams just laying it all out there on the ice, both just absolutely desperate to win this hockey game. 
We'll go with one last long post from Thunder CH here to wrap things up. He says, first off, I am proud the Rangers had enough pride to eke out a win at home and avoid a sweep. Also proud they made it past all those clubs to get here. This one hurts more so than just falling to the pens as I suspected they would. The thought of them needing just nine periods of solid play and they would have completed the earn it cup poster. Ugh, that will stay with me all summer. I will also never forget how the refs effed us big time in games two through five. Not just bad calls, but they cost us two games uneffing real. It is a rare thing to get here and no telling when they get here again. Damn, sure going to miss seeing the dancing monkey shows. That's an ongoing thing on this message board here. Anytime they win, somebody would post a video of dancing monkeys. I don't really know why, but anyway, back to the post here. I just needed three more to make it a great summer. Thanks, Roe, for hosting, and to all you guys and gals that made this such a great season. I am not going to watch these scumbags skate with the cup. If they beat us fair and square, that is different, but this was such crooked officiating. I'm pissed the refs took it from us. F all of them, and good night. Now, to his point, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, I do remember the referees certainly costing the Rangers game two. It's hard to remember specifics, but game two was really bad. I remember some critical calls going against the Rangers in that game. And of course, the Rangers, that was one of the games that they lost in overtime. Now, he also mentions that this hurt more than losing to the Penguins would have hurt. I got to disagree there, man. You know, I'm glad the Rangers came back against the Penguins. I'm glad they did that to the hated Pittsburgh Penguins because I was so sick and tired of seeing the Rangers lose to the Penguins in the playoffs, and it looks like it was going to happen again there, down three games to one. But to, to still have that memory of the Rangers, you know, rallying around Marty St. Louis and fighting their way back and winning two games in Pittsburgh coming out of the 3-1 to one series deficit to knock off the Pittsburgh Penguins of all teams. That is a fantastic memory, at least for me. I'm sure it is for a lot of you guys as well. You know, other than the, seeing the Rangers win the Stanley Cup in 1994, that is my favorite New York Ranger memory of all time. Again, to come back against the Pittsburgh Penguins and knock them off and, and just do what they did to that team, again, twice in their building, and to just hear the Penguins arena go absolutely silent when the clock hit zero in Game 7. That is something that I will never forget. As for the Kings, I mean, he refers to the Kings as scumbags. I, I can't go that far. I had a lot of respect for that team. But, you know, certainly there's always going to be some animosity toward the team that knocks you out of the playoffs or, in this case, wins the Stanley Cup instead of you. But, yeah, I mean, that'll pretty much do it. You know, I again, it's a different kind of episode today, guys. I know I was kind of jumping all over the place with all these different playoff series. But hopefully you guys enjoyed it. You know, we did something a little bit different here. And, you know, we'll be back next week with, you know, some more episodes. One episode that I still want to do is we recently did Jeff Gorton's best eight moves as the Ranger GM. And we did that as a two-parter. And what I want to do next week is look at his four biggest miscues as the Ranger GM. And even before I do that episode, I want to preface the whole thing by saying that I really like Jeff Gordon. I think he's done a fantastic job rebuilding this team, getting this franchise pointed in the right direction. But no general manager in any sport, whether it's hockey or whatever it might be, nobody bats a thousand. Everybody's going to make a mistake. Everybody's going to make a trade or a draft pick that they wish they could have back. And Jeff Gordon's no different. So what we'll do is we'll do like maybe like a top four of his uh, weakest moves as the Rangers general manager. I'm not going to make it top eight because I don't want to go on and on and on and be negative about it. And plus, I again, I think he's done a really good job overall. But to be fair, to kind of do a little bit of a counterbalance to the top eight list, we will do a top four list of, once again, his weakest moves as the general manager. But for now, that's going to do it. Once again, you guys, thanks for tuning in. If you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. 
And once again, that's going to wrap up today's edition of Locked On New York Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Once again, thanks, guys. I'll see you next week.